Welcome to the Ages Comics of Alaska podcast, where we tell Alaskans what to put in their box at Alaska's comic book shop. I always wished I could do something better than comics, but there didn't seem to be anything. This is the Ages Comics of Alaska podcast, and now your hosts, Lou and Amy Joe. Hey guys, it is Lou and Amy Joe, and we're back. What up? Part two of how to start a comic book shop in 2022. Yeah, part two, you know, gotta gotta break it up into sections, because it's a lot. Like, there's, you don't realize going into this how much there is, and I think that's why we want to share this with everyone, is because there is a lot more than you think. And we think that this is probably going to be the more critical part, obviously, just the why was critical for part mm-hmm. one the you know the fact that you're going to need some significant capital if you want to do it right because yep. you do want to be able to buy collections right and also be able to absorb uh the debt that can be caused from s- loading sales. up your shop yeah. and, and well loading up with inventory for the first yeah. time and then we talked about location yeah and location was critical. Having your partner, spouse on board is absolutely critical. Because, hell, that's how uh, we came to the decision on how to find our uh, uh, our current location was because of listening to you. So, well, I mean, I am right. So there's that. <sighs> Here we go. <gasps> so let's talk about uh, inventory in general. And so, your suppliers. So... You have your location. You got to have your location dialed in. Location can also be comic cons, can be a flea market. You can can start out as, you know, before you get to the brick and mortar, you can start Mm -hmm. out going to these events, going to the cons, you know, setting up a really good booth. Um, Our friend out of Fairbanks, that's all he does is do those circuits. And he does a very good job. He kills it. Yeah. And and that is a wonderful way to start. And it's probably if you want to dip your toe in it, that would be a really good way to dip your toe. I'm begging him to start a storefront. He refuses. He likes what he's doing. Hey, it works for him and he's happy. I hope he does do a storefront up there in Fairbanks at one point. Uh, I Can't knock him for doing what he likes. Yeah. But yeah. So... So your inventory, inventory. you got to you got to have your inventory. And how do you get your inventory? You got to know where the collections are. Yep. You got to know where the collections are locally. You have to let people know that you purchase collections. You have mm-hmm. to make that well known that you purchase collections. Our community knows that our shop purchases collections. So we're solicited at least once a week and that is very good for business because the more collections, you'll have that chance of turning away the bad ones and being able to capitalize on the good ones. Yeah. But if you have nothing coming through the, your door and all of a sudden you're running out of inventory, then beggars become choosers. And I was going to say, bad... it doesn't doesn't mean that you have to buy everyone that comes in the door. No. Not in any way, shape, or form. And especially in the beginning, I think that that was something that we... I've made some bad purchases in the you beginning. You know, because it was like, oh, we got to buy these because, you know, we don't mm-hmm. know when the next one's going to show up. And we learned that they're going to show up. And yeah. you just have to, you know, that's why it's so important to have your inventory, to have enough when you start to give you that little bit of interim time in between for when, you know, you're waiting for that next collection to come in. If you're going to sell your personal collection, once again, 
be committed to selling your personal collection and understand and that this is business, not personal. Someone is going, yep. I am a haggler. That is what I do. This is why when we go car shopping, they talk to me. And so knowing that about myself and knowing when people come in and they try to talk us on different prices with books, I can understand that. And it's knowing it not to take it personal because it's it's right. part of business. That is what it is. Now, with that being said, a lot of uh, friends in the community that we've spoken to, their intent is on starting off with their personal collections because they have massive personal collections. And I will tell you that uh, that is an excellent idea with exception of you need to already have the wheels turning on how you're going to be restocking right. long before long before you burn through your personal collection because the moment your collection becomes stagnant, your mm -hmm. inventory becomes stagnant in the eyes of the customer, they're going to move on to another location. And I think what's important to also talk about with inventory is your supplies. You need to make sure you have bags and boards. You need to make sure that you have long boxes and short boxes. You need to make sure that you have printers, that you have your point of sale system set up. You need to make sure that you have all of those things because who's going to go through back issue bins on books that are not bagged and boarded? Sure, there's a couple people that might go through them, but I tell you what, we get people that every single day go through our back issue bins because they are all bagged and boarded and because they are all, you it know, alphabetized. Sure, it, 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 it makes, it your makes you look legit. You look legit. Yeah. It, it, so have your supplies with your inventory. Yes, having a thousand books is awesome. Not being able to display them properly, not awesome. So making sure that with your inventory, you also are thinking about your supplies that you're going to need. So you have to have your bags and boards. Your bags and boards, uh, primary supplier right now is BCW. You're going to be making a minimum purchase of $1,000 because anything below $1,000, you have to pay for the astronomical shipping. Unless, of course, if you live near BCW, then that's a moot point. Otherwise, the rest of us, whether you're in Alaska, whether you're in California, New York, whatever, uh, you're, you're more than likely, unless you're in driving distance, affordable driving distance to the BCW uh, <laughs> warehouse, you will purchase a $1,000 minimum purchase. That way you can get your free shipping. An affordable driving distance means a lot right now. Yeah, so especially with gas prices. Yeah. So you're going to be spending $1,000. So that BCW order needs to count. It needs to be your bags and boards. It needs to be your short boxes, long boxes. And that's one of those and ones where you need to really sit down and $1,000 is a lot. Mm -hmm. But if you are smart about what you're purchasing on there, you can really make that $1,000 not only useful but profitable. Selling, yep. selling the bags and boards to customers, having the short boxes and the long boxes for customers to buy, having the different, um, the Mylar bags, you know, the specialty things, all of that stuff that you can get from them. You need enough for you and enough for your customers. I would yep. recommend that if you're going to be purchasing for your inventory, you should make one purchase that's for you. And that purchase would be the loose boards for instance yeah because they so, do that now, yeah that, they do that the, the, yeah they've been doing that for a couple of years but they uh essentially you can get a box, a, box, a, a box of a thousand boards it's much cheaper than buying 100 packaged boards so yeah. you do that you'll save some money 
you're going to be burning through those anyway. Right. Getting then, everything set up. Right. And then get your, your, your bags. And your bags are always going to be cheaper because they're lighter. Yeah. It has to do with weight. It has nothing to do with uh, true material quality. It's Everything's based on weight. Um, Story of so, my life. <laughs> <laughs> so just remember, um, the bags and boards, you get enough for you and your inventory. And then... The extra that you purchase to meet that $1,000 threshold will be the stuff that you sell to your customers. I promise you, especially if um, your customers are uh, collectors, they're going to be purchasing packages of you. Uh, I've never had a, a problem with selling out on no. bags and boards, and do ever. We get, do we get the Gemini mailers from them, too, or is that yes. someone else? Uh, thank you, honey, for bringing that up. For those of you that are now doing whatnot or doing your online hustles or your YouTube sales, if Even you ship a book, yeah, uh, Facebook Marketplace or anything Instagram, else, if you matter. ship a book and it is not bagged, boarded, and in a Gemini mailer at a minimum... You're gonna you get are wrong. You're you gonna get are wrong. Roasted. You're going to get roasted. You're uh, good luck in another sale because yeah, you're going to get a bad another review. Sale. You're going to get bad reviews, hundred percent. It it's has just to bad be bad and boarded, and it has practice. to be Gemini. It, it, it's it, it's it is the industry standard. You have to do that. And once you get used to using the Gemini mailers, and you get mm-hmm. used to the process. Painter's tape is going to be your best friend, along yep. with shipping tape. All of those things. Again, that goes back to supplies. That stuff is going to be very, very important to have. And you'll become very comfortable with it because, A, you know your book's going to get there safe, protected, not bent, not all tore up, unless someone within the Postal Service had a really bad day and decided to play, like, uh, rugby with your package. But Which has happened. Has happened. But you can do the best you can to mitigate that. And that is the bag and the board, the Gemini mailer, at a minimum. Man, I keep pinching my nose. I swear I'm not snorting coke or anything. I, I don't know if something bit me on my oh, nose or we, what. But were we God. not supposed to do drugs before the show? No, no, we're not oh. supposed to. We, we own a comic book shop. We cannot Uh-oh. afford those types of drugs. We're Uh-oh. good. Um, <laughs> yeah, I we need can. to tell you something. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I had a cookie. Yeah, I promise you can't it was afford sugar. it. Sugar yeah. is a drug. Yeah, you couldn't afford it either. I promise. No. So, uh, if my boss is watching, it truly was sugar. It, I, I'm not talking about any real drugs. You can, you know, random you ate me if you need to. Jesus Christ. <laughs> Just FYI. <sighs> you know it's going to get reported by somebody. <laughs> so, um, the... Uh, God, I've Supplies, lost Gemini Supply, mailers. The mailing. Gemini mailers. The one thing that we did add to that is that we also ordered the bubble mailers. We order them through Amazon in this case. You choose whoever you want to supply layer. to. But the bubble mailer, we order in our brand colors and you can order them in brand colors they're not that much more expensive you can find fantastic bulk deals on amazon and other suppliers if you don't like amazon and um for us we get the blue mailer that is just added protection we put the gemini mailer inside of the bubble mailer and then we ship it out to you Mm -hmm. that's double protection the buyer, the recipient of the package immediately feels like, holy cow, these guys cared. They took the extra step. Well, and it I think works a, out. especially for us coming mm-hmm. from Alaska and us shipping across the U.S., our shipping practices automatically have several more days attached to it or the shipping um, time frame. So it's not like it's just going from Connecticut to New York where it's going to make it in a day. You know, right. this this is going to take several days. So I know for us, it makes us feel better knowing that there's one more added layer of protection for that order. So that way, if the order shows up, 
more than likely it's going to show up in good condition because we're the type of people that if an order showed up and it was tore up from the flow up, we're going to replace it because that's just a good practice to have with your consumers. But I digress. And the other thing would be uh, with inventory management and sales, if you're going to be selling online, which to or shipping, because we have several pull box members that we ship to. Yes. Uh, you have to get in the game. You have to have your Dymo uh, label printer. You have to have your scale. And uh, uh, we recommend that you use Pirate Ship. Pirate oh, yeah. Ship offers so much some easier. of the cheapest rates in the industry, hands Super down. Super user friendly. They essentially get a bulk discount from the US Postal Service. And they pass on that discount to you as the yeah. uh, They kind of lump user. all of their people together so they're able to get those this bulk massive, discounts. massive, yeah. massive uh, so bulk rate discounts. So totally worth it. So and a pirate ship. And again, to the online, if you're going to be doing online sales, if you're going to be shipping, I don't care if you need to set a reminder on your phone every day. I don't know what you need to do, but you need to check to make sure if any internet orders were placed because sometimes it's very easy to miss those and then they just sit there. You just set your alerts. You check yeah. it religiously. and Making here, here, a habit. Just make a habit. Every day when you wake up, this is what we're checking. Da, 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 da. Now, if you're listening to this right now, watching this, and you're, you're already tuning out the online orders, you're going to set yourself up to fail. And let me explain. COVID taught us one thing. If anything, it taught us that you must make your business pandemic proof. You have to be prepared at any moment for the government to shut down your your storefront and then you're going to need to have a backup plan you're going to need to be able to get your product out to people and the only way that you were able to do that during covid is by shipping mm -hmm. you did have a a, a, Mail, a, a curbside, a, a curbside but curbside didn't start for a while uh now up in alaska where we're a lot more uh freedom loving up here even with the anti-government sentiment up here and we don't let people tell us what to do curbside took a little bit to, and it, uh, it, it really didn't catch on it, much it didn't catch on the it, only it, thing you did curbside food was food food so curbside pickup but that's my love it, language it's so. a thing and it yeah. did work it did the uh, people that did curbside for shipping, us yeah shipping was a major thing for us and we still kind of do curbside for um one customer in particular uh just because they're oh uh, uh, they're immune compromised yeah they're immune compromised right. but there's a thing that you should also remember Being versatile versatility is big inventory management which it's is what huge. we're talking about here is that's why a point of sale system a robust system like for instance a square i would strongly recommend because square uh they give you a website. Oh, uh, Square, gosh. the company Square, they own their own bank. And on top of that, they own Weebly. They purchased Weebly, which is a, a, a essentially like owning Square.com or one of these other right. web uh, platforms, right? So Weebly, it integrates seamlessly with your point of sale system. So if I want to list books on the website, it is maybe one or two mouse clicks and it's on the website with photo, ready to go. And having mm. a system as advanced as Square, because with our previous point of sale system, we would run into this a lot, where books would be sold out 
it would show in our inventory that it was sold out, but it would still show available online and it would allow people to purchase these sold out books online. So then we would have to go refund that purchase, tell the people we're really sorry that there was a, you know, a glitch in the system or whatever the case may be. And we had to do that. It was, we had to constantly go in there and manually override because it wasn't, they weren't, the systems weren't, merged together well well they weren't yeah the the uh they advertised that they were but they weren't whereas with square it's damn near immediate it's immediate like you can't buy something on our website if i mean it knows what's in our inventory as long as we have it you know put in there correctly right and that's on us right yeah so there is personal responsibility there as well like mm -hmm. i don't want to just throw that on that previous point of sale system that we had there was some responsibility with us as well especially you know you're like oh yeah here i'll throw this book into you got to remember to go in to your inventory and here's what square allows that uh, so people are going to wonder well why why are you doing that lou well let me explain so uh the standard typically is if I'm going to be selling online and I have a, a brick and mortar, I need to set aside a certain portion of my inventory in a short box somewhere, label it online sales only. Mm-hmm. The problem is if somebody comes into the shop that is looking for that item, but it's hidden in that short box. You're only going to remember so many items that are in that short box. You're going to lose out on potential sales. Square allows you to keep the stuff still on the rack, still on display, in the event that somebody comes in Mm -hmm. and they want to purchase something, it's available. But if it gets purchased online, my staff gets an alert on the register, which triggers them to go to the rack, grab the book, package it and get it set aside for shipping and the the very minute chance that someone purchases something in the store at the exact same time that someone purchases it online i mean that's let's just let's talk about odds it's not gonna happen it's not gonna happen and if it does happen it's gonna then be you very find a way to make it right in your shop and it, you it, it, it. it's it's so rare an occurrence it is it it behooves you right. to keep stuff anything that is not on the showroom is not selling. We have made that cardinal sin. Kevin and I have had multiple discussions. Olivia and I have had multiple discussions. JC, I've even spoken to Angela about it because it's lessons learned from us working in the shop as well, which is we have left things in the back for much too long and then wonder why it's still in our inventory well because it's still in the back room when it needs to be out on the showroom where people right. can see it and you know waiting on the Putting opportunity for somebody for something yeah. or you know so having Get that it just out on the for, showroom. for you know back when we used to do pop shop you know just having all that stuff set aside for pop shop all this stuff now after it's done just throw it back out there like let right. everyone else have a have dibs at it you know honestly i want every single thing in my shop to sell everything that's on a wall or in the back i want it to be sold so please come buy it so the more i have out there the more i have available for people to see the more chances i have of people buying everything and that's a good thing for you and it's a good thing for me so suppliers right now uh when we when we started prior to 2020 uh, well prior to uh covid covid so 2019 there was one monopoly supplier that was diamond comics 
and we found out real quick the consequences of a num- of a monopoly. Yes. That is that when that said monopoly decides that they're going to shut down all distribution, we all pay for it. Yeah, it doesn't As matter a, who you are. You can be Midtown or us. Everyone paid for it. Now, Diamond was struggling prior to that. All of a sudden, they make that catastrophic error, which turns out uh, damn near bankrupted them. They've reduced their staffing by some astronomical percentage. I can't, I, I, I can't remember it. I know that we had a, a, a personal rep at one point, and... That rep was completely gone, and uh, they they just started a mass uh, mass terminations, mm-hmm. and so out of that storm and out of the need for uh, more supplies, you had, for instance, uh, lunar distribution. Yeah. How did that happen? I'll tell you how that happens, because we had Christina Merkler on the show. Yeah. Uh, who is the the founder, her and her husband, founded Lunar. They own DCBS, which is a, a discount comic book uh, uh, services, I believe, or sales, discount comic book sales, I believe. It's DCBS. Um, so what ends up happening is Diamond, they announced that they're not distributing books. They then announced to all the publishers, hey, by the way, we took this hit by making the decision not to distribute and shutting down our all distribution channels. So in order to recover, we're going to start pre-selling your books again, but we're not paying you anything for the first couple of months. Yeah. As soon as we hit the one-year mark, we will start paying you, let's call it 25%, and then we'll increase that percentage as sales resume. And as the industry... ridiculous. Uh, uh, catches up. And I remember speaking to my rep at the time, Rebecca, I think it was, and I actually liked her, but... She was nice. But even she was caught up in that diamond cockiness because when I mentioned, hey, you know, Torpedo Comics and all these other companies are are considering distributing, her answer was, bring it on. People have tried before and they failed miserably. We're diamond. No one can defeat us. Uh, we could do what we want, and yeah. at the end of the day, uh, you're we're, we're going to be the only Everyone one standing. Sucks, We've been know. doing it since the 1980s. We're going to be the only one standing. DC says, "I'll be your Huckleberry," and they're like, "That deal doesn't work for us." It was the perfect storm. Normally, DC on its own would not have had the intestinal fortitude to step up to their primary distributor but it wasn't them speaking on their own it wasn't a bunch of comic book people jim lee and stuff that are loyal to the uh uh, original to to the owner to the owners of uh uh uh, yeah you know jim lee has a relationship with uh geppy the the founder and president of uh diamond jim lee's boss who cuts his check at the time was AT&T, it's now Discovery. Yeah. This is a massive corporation. The majority of those uh, uh, corporate members, those board members, have never read a comic book a day in their life. They are just looking at the numbers. Uh, the numbers. That's it. They looked at the numbers and said, yeah, that's definitely not working for us. And I'm sure Jim Lee stepped in, being a loyal friend, and said, yeah, but he's been... And they cut him off and they said, listen... We cut you a check, and this is a business. This is not 
about favors. This is a business and this is a major international corporation. We just spent billions, potentially dollars, purchasing Warner Brothers, which in turn purchased DC Comics. Yep. We're not going to lose that kind of money. So this is what you're going to do. You're going to push aside your friend and your loyalties to Diamond Comics that has been ruining the industry anyway with their monopoly oh. and horrible shipping Just and the, the way the damage books and everything else. Uh, it, don't get me started. But So what ends up happening is Lunar turns around. Excuse me. Uh, DCBS DCS. is contacted by DC Comics that say, hey, you guys seem to be running a very successful distribution of comic books. We'd like you and Midtown Comics, both of you are the largest in the industry, both of you have a a proven track record of shipping books, we want you to handle all of our distribution. And DC, they worked out, it was um, uh, by uh, Geographical, Yep. but uh, Lunar was created from DCBS, Christina knew that they couldn't have this conflict of interest, so they actually created their a separate company with a yep. separate warehouse. She said they got it done in like 90 days. If it, I was recall. it was unheard of. It was unheard of. Like, whoa. But essentially, they shipped to one region and Midtown shipped to the other. Midtown, about halfway through it, realized we're not capable of doing this and managing our own business. Lunar, you can take the rest. Yeah. Lunar ends up exclusive DC. They start purchasing, or excuse me, they start bidding for other publishers. They end up with Scout Comics. Uh, now it's Merck Comics and Artist Elite. Fantastic companies. IDW? Uh, no. No, that's Penguin. That's Penguin. Sorry. All of a sudden, out of nowhere, Marvel Comics says, what's good for the goose is good for the gander. We love what is happening here. People are not... We're not seeing a lot of complaints. Which, They had a pulse on the industry. Yeah. And they also want to make money. Right. So they turned around and they approached Penguin Random House, which is the largest publishing distributor on the planet to our understanding. As far as I know. They are the largest. They turn around and... They are now representing Marvel, mm-hmm. IDW. Um, there's another one that escapes me. All of your manga yeah, titles, Seven stuff. Seas. Uh, all the trades. All, all the that. trades. All your trades for Marvel, DC. Um, Even the independents, I thought. IDW, a lot of the independents, Penguin handles. Now, where the game changer is for Penguin is that Penguin does... Free shipping. Direct to your shop. Direct to your shop. Free shipping. Let me explain something to you. For anyone in this who wants to jump into this industry, shipping will destroy you. Shipping always digs into your profits. Especially if you're in a more rural area. We love Lunar. We love, love. Christina. But I'll tell you right now, if Penguin were to all of a sudden start distributing DC... I would have ship. to. I would. Ha- I'd have to jump ship. I'd have no. I, I'd have no choice. Instantaneously, I'd have no choice. It's a business decision. Because free shipping, guys. And now I will say this about Penguin and Lunar: both of them will act on your feedback for 
shipping issues. Yes. I.e. packaging, uh, books coming in damaged, that sort of stuff. You send them a picture or whatever, they got you. And they turn around, they'll send you an apology, and they'll even show you how they're improving. They will immediately right. take your feedback and start improving their packaging. And Lunar from the get-go was better than Diamond from the beginning. Yeah, they used this thing called bubble wrap. Yeah, it was this, this weird thing called bubble wrap. And they like actually like set aside like the ratio variance and stuff. But so Lunar, Lunar ships using FedEx today. For us, I suspect they use ground a, and, a FedEx ground yeah. and the low 48, which is cheaper there. FedEx today to Alaska is much cheaper. We don't understand we why. Don't know why it just is. We suspect. Well, we suspect it's because there's a major FedEx hub that In distributes Anchorage, to yeah. the Pacific and goes over to Asia. To Asia, so, so it just happens to be on the route. So right, it happens to be on the route. Those aircraft were coming up here right. anyway. So we suspect that's what's happening. With that being said, Diamond uses UPS. Diamond has UPS had a ground. UPS ground. Three day ground only. And UPS, God bless them, are notorious for tossing boxes, beating boxes. Those drivers are treated like crap a lot of times by their yeah. They're they're, almost always more expensive. They're treated. Their work environment is bad enough where the drivers are already pissed off. Right Uh, now we. We've been blessed. We have a handful of good UPS uh, drivers that do. Our uh, mailbox is at a UPS store, and we really enjoy most of the people that work there. And I think the big thing to um, to mention there is Diamond. We we paid for shipping twice with Diamond compared to um, Penguin that directs or ships directly to us. Lunar ships directly to us. Lunar ships directly to us. But on top of that, the fact that Penguin. And Dime, or I'm sorry, Penguin and Lunar both had a different way of doing it. Diamond, no matter what we said, no matter what we begged, bartered, and pleaded with, trying to get them to help us with shipping and doing it, they did not give a shit. So the thing with Di- with Diamond is that Diamond will advertise that books are certain titles are returnable. That is a lie. They are not. Nine out of ten times, they will not accept a return. What they'll do is they'll give you credit. And not even the full. And that's after you, they've collected payment from you, okay? Mm-hmm. So, uh, Diamond, if you're not paying attention, will bankrupt you. Yes. They almost bankrupted us Twice. multiple times. A couple of times. And the reason for that is their online pull list system with the previews pull box was a great idea. Great idea was executed poorly. Yes. Um, if and their system if somebody of cancels a pull order, Diamond system ninety nine percent of the time will not delete the order and will still send the book to us and will still sh- uh, and still charge us. On top of that. If it's a book that somebody orders, like some obscure book that's not at their main warehouse, they won't send it to you with the main shipment. They will ship it to you in a Gemini mailer for like 14 bucks shipping. And it'll be one book, and it'll be just a book this that you book can only charge three ninety nine. That for. you can only charge three ninety nine. And you've just for. paid sixteen dollars between the 
buying of the book and the shipping. Explain to me how in the hell I'm supposed to make a profit with that. You won't. You, you'll no, lose money. No, this is exactly. And, and they did that to control it that. multiple times. No matter how many times we would tell them, just put this all in the same order, they would not mm-hmm. do it. No matter how many times orders got canceled, they were like, oh, no, we would prove to them that orders were canceled. Oh, no, it was our fault. They wouldn't accept returns. And then on top of that, the amount of wrong orders was astronomical. I could probably count on one hand how many times we had an actual correct order compared to how many times we received an incorrect order, which is very much the opposite with the other the other ones. And that's because you they Diamond specifically does not employ people that have anything to do with comics. At their interview for staff members, if you have a background in comic books, you cannot be hired at Diamond because they're concerned about theft, which is ridiculous. That, uh, How about you pay your employees better, and how about you provide them a better work environment, then they won't Give steal from cool you. Give them a cool discount on some of the books or whatever. Uh, uh, that you they know, won't, like... uh, yeah, it, there's ways where you can yeah. prevent that by just not being a scumbag employer. Yeah. We are not fans of Diamond. Uh, Diamond. Obviously. Diamond will break your business. And they, they get, will break they your business care. and they do not care. Especially so, if you're a smaller shop, you're uh, not Midtown, you're not Torpedo, you're not Mile High, uh, they don't care. And it doesn't matter that the fact that they've sent you thousands of dollars in wrong books, damaged books, all this other stuff, they don't they don't care. And I think that that is the big difference between, I mean, don't get me wrong, the other distributors they um, want to get paid and all that other stuff too. But I feel like they have more of a heart than Diamond did. So one of the concerns one of the concerns was that you wouldn't qualify for the same discounts uh, that you had at Diamond. That's why we weren't going to leave Diamond at first. And we realized real quick that that was false. Mm-hmm. We also realized that uh, the number of books that are purchased by your customers in particular here let let me explain in theory there's three main publishers that hold the whole industry together marvel dc image two-thirds of the industry's major books left diamond gone diamond currently only retains exclusivity on image and boom idw just went over to lunar excuse me to penguin dc is at lunar and now the other publishers that had that were tired of being pushed to the bottom of the list and diamonds previews catalog saw the light at the end of the tunnel and immediately went over to Lunar and Penguin because they saw that on the catalog, it's just strictly alphabetical order. There's no preference to publisher. Yeah, no. It's just this. There's no popularity fair, contest. Yeah, it's just this fair. It's alphabetical order. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter how big your bank account yeah. is. Yeah. So publishers, these smaller publishers, have a fighting chance. Now, boom, screwed up because they signed an exclusive contract with Diamond. So Good luck on getting out of that. Image is just loyal to Diamond from day one. I, our shop does not purchase any Image or Boom Studio books right now. And that's it is not. It is not because 
of the publisher, it is because of their choice and distributor. Yes. When they wise up and go to one of the other distributors, at that point, we will start yeah, ordering. Again. Uh, now, if they decide to sell independently or distribute independently, we have done that too because there is an option. There is a workaround. Some companies, not all of them, will ship directly to you. Source Point Press, you know, the creators of uh, Good Boy, the creators of uh, Postmasters. Uh, Postmasters, they will ship directly to you. Uh, Xenoscope will ship directly to you. So there's workarounds. Now, you got that added shipping cost because sometimes they can't get you that discount that these other companies can, but at the end of the day, you're not dealing with Diamond. Which is worth it. If you choose to deal with Diamond, uh, Diamond is available. Diamond has a, a very strict onboarding. They uh, uh, they do a pre-screening process. You typically have to have a, a brick and mortar. On occasion, if you have an established uh, web presence, they will allow you to be a web store. I know that that's far and in between, but they do do it. Mm-hmm. But typically, you must have a storefront. Um, it's no different than, let's say, like Sideshow Collectibles. Sideshow Collectibles had us send them pictures of our storefront yeah, and our interior prove, yeah. to prove that we were a storefront. Um, so there is that. You have a pretty uh, uh, substantial onboarding with Diamond. But I feel that you're jumping on... T- uh, onto a sinking ship by going to Diamond. Especially They've already right lost. Now. They're losing all of their main publishers. It's only a matter of time before Image and Boom have no choice but to leave. Yep. So, or they're just going to shut down and they're going to have to. And go they have else. Dynamite too. And we love Dynamite. I will say that uh, losing Dynamite hurt us uh, on a personal because our first uh, retailer exclusives were with Dynamite. They were the first ones to give us a chance. Yeah. And uh, um, and that's the other thing, too. I guess we could speak from experience. We're a three-year shop that has already created three retailer exclusives, two Red Sonia and Postmasters. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that they're excellent books. We still have them available for sale. The ones that are left, all limited uh, uh, quantities. But nonetheless... Uh, you start getting this love for certain publishers, and it does right. hurt when, in this case, when uh, Diamond currently has the exclusive for Dynamite. It's only a matter of time, though, and we'll right. keep our fingers crossed. So we have beaten that topic to death. Just be really careful when you're working with... The, long story short, be really careful working with your distributor. Keep excellent records. And make sure that when you are unboxing your shipments that you are paying very close attention because yep. they are going to charge you. And so you've got to be on the ball. So that that's the long and short of it. These books are not returnable. They're yeah. not returnable, guys. Everybody who keeps telling you that they're returnable, they don't know what the hell they're talking about. Um, I, get, you- I get customers all the time. They're like, well, not all the time. But I had one or two customers that were uh, wholesalers. They were purchasing bulk books from us, and then they were flipping the books. And uh, they'd be like, "Well, I ordered six, but I only have th- I only want these three. You can return the other three. No, we cannot. Yeah. No, we cannot. We cannot return them. That's yeah. not how it works, especially being up in Alaska, where we have oh. to pay for the shipping. 
because then we have to pay for the shipping back to them. Yeah, not happening. It's, no, it's, it's not, not happening. happening. So just so, be conscientious yeah, of all of that. It, it, there, there's no returning books. You can mm-hmm. get credits, but there's no returning books. There are multiple different distributors in all of in all of the mm-hmm. genres, whether it be cards, whether it be games, whether it be statues, whether it be comic books. Just do your research, do your due diligence, make sure that who you're dealing with is a reputable company, make sure that you're not getting taken advantage of because they're like, oh yeah, yeah, spend all this money, da, da, da. Just do your due diligence, find the right distributor that meets your needs at a price that is fair for both of you. Done. Done. And moving on. So uh, we'll summarize that there's currently three distributors. For comics. Diamond, Lunar, Penguin, and Penguin. Then there is, among those three, for full summary, you have Marvel, IDW, your manga titles, Penguin, Mm -hmm. DC, Scout, Merc, Artist Elite, Lunar. Yes. Everything else that we didn't mention is Diamond, and some of those companies, you can approach them directly to order. Moving on. Do your due diligence. Due diligence. And competition makes us better. So Absolutely. the more distributors actually, the better. I was opposite. I, I was thinking the opposite for quite some time, and I was wrong. 100%. And I, it is I, such I admit a good thing. That, yeah, I, I admit that I was wrong. Now you have your choice for our next topic. Comics or games? Comics or games? Pros and cons this on both sides. This introduces you, unfortunately, if you do gaming... And there is a profit margin in gaming, and it depends on what you do gaming. There is a profit margin in gaming that far exceeds comics in some cases, because there are days, I'm going to give you the punchline here, that our J-Bear location on base far outperforms our Wasilla comic shop because of the gaming. Mm -hmm. But the supplier game for gaming is different uh even diamond that owns diamond select which is oh, yeah, their the one toy- time we bought from them and they totally screwed us over yeah so they do have a gaming side that they pur- they purchased a uh gaming distributor ages ago and they do own that you would need to apply for that separately from diamond that's one source you also have GC- gts is another source Mm -hmm. and pokemon international has multiple distributors large and small throughout the nation so you have to hunt you can find those um sometimes you can actually find better deals on tcg player than you can at your own distributor so you should keep an eye on that tcg player it's it's all about checking it's all all checking resources and it can change and it changes all the time why comics or gaming? You need to know your local market. Mm-hmm. I will tell you this, though. If you're doing the cards and the and the comics, one, unless you have the finances, one is going to end up becoming more important than the other. And that is a big danger. And you have to be careful with that because... You're going to get to the point where you're going to have to choose. Do I get that? Do I qualify for that one in 500 cover by purchasing 500 at wholesale of that book? 
Or do I throw that money that I would have thrown on that risk, potential risk, and throw that into a bunch of Pokemon cards uh, Mm -hmm. for a new booster set that just came out? Our market dictates that we make way more money on the booster sets and the magic sets. It just is. But the reason we're able to outperform a lot of our new competition is when we started... On J-Bear, we were at a kiosk. We did okay. That's once again, location. That's how we got our foot in the door. We were able to get our name out, be able to convince people. Show people that we that were there. We were there. And that we can get the supplies. We can get the games that they wanted. We can get the books that they wanted. We have two types of customers on base. We do have the comic book. and uh, We have comic book and manga readers. Yes. And collectors. And then we have the gamers. Where our profits started skyrocketing on the gaming side was when we got our storefront, we got permission and we put tables out in front of our shop. And those gaming tables, which are open play, and thank you, Olivia, for coming up with the and idea doing that. and executing that. Love the pictures. There's kids that come, like kids, like seven and eight. It's the cutest thing. That is critical. Along with adults. That you have to host gaming. Yes. And have that space order, available. And have that space available. You will make way more money uh, with the tables than you will just selling the cards. And let me yeah. explain. There's going to be times where your competitor, because of multiple factors, is able to get a product like a booster set or something else for much cheaper than you. And you're not going to be able to compete with them and sell it at the same uh, an example would be GameStop. GameStop clearly Makes a can get order. better discounts yeah. and get a larger order than you. You will never be able to compete head-to-head with GameStop. But GameStop, at least the ones here in Alaska, do not have gaming tables. And nope. they do not offer a gaming environment. So And they close down. And, and they and- close down and all kinds of... So guys come to the shop. They're playing. All of a sudden, they're losing. They'd like to get a better hand, so to speak. They have a choice. They can say, I'll just lose all night and I'll wait until I get the GameStop next week to pick up some cards. Or or I can just walk to the register right now and pick up the cards that I need to win this game. Yep. It. I don't need to say anything else. It sells itself. Yep. If you're going to do gaming, then you need to take the next step of having the gaming tables Having uh, snacks, you know, for snacks, sale, um, uh, beverages, uh, that, like that, the, like the, like I'm not saying, like go and get your restaurant license. I mean, like bag chips and soda, right? Stuff that you can sell, that you can resell. In, our, in our in our situation on base, we can't do snacks. Well, we have candy. Well, there's a food court right there. There's a food court right there, so we're winning. I'm, Everybody's honestly, winning. Yeah. I'm gonna the, go get French fries anyway. Yeah, the the uh, the I never the seen a French fry. I didn't at love. Aphis, is extremely happy. Yeah. They're winning. Brings people We're in. Winning. Yeah. And it's a win-win for the whole right. entire area on base. And that's a specific, again, location making a big difference. That's a very specific one. But, but uh, in our shop in Wasilla, different story. Our comic book customers do not appreciate, nor do they want to have to walk past a bunch of guys yelling at each other across the table. About Charizard. They want to be able to come in, 
find Go their through books. the back issue bins, grab their books. Maybe have and- a discussion about a particular superhero. Maybe not. Yeah. They want to be able it's to... A different, it, it, they're two the different... Vi- the vibes are totally different. Different vibes. Like, And I mean totally different. Yeah. You would think that they wouldn't be. You would think that they would be relatively similar. But I'm saying two different freeways. You might be headed in the same general direction, but on two different freeways. Now, I will tell you this, that on the military base, it is a different gaming environment because, with few exceptions, our military personnel and their dependents know how to use deodorant. They have grooming standards. They have grooming standards. And in a lot of gaming shops... You walk in and all you smell is... Teen spirit. Teen spirit. You smell burnt leather and defeat. And and the tears and, of, of many people. And which means you're going to so have bad. to do several things. You're going to have to have Invest policies. Yeah, uh, you're going to have to have a really good filtration system and deodorizers. You're also going to have to have uh, maybe notices that say, guys, seriously... If seriously. we get a complaint, we're going we to complaint, ask we're gonna have to ask you to leave because it's been seriously, that bad. You, 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 you have to bathe. You have to bathe. And we have been and, blessed and not, that that has not happened at our shop. But once again, it's a different clientele on base. But I believe that if we were to have it, for instance, at the Wasilla shop, we would have to have those conversations, unfortunately. And again, not to... Not not to speak ill, some people don't have access to running water. There are, are certain factors that go into this, and we are very aware of that. However, if those are the circumstances that you are in, you have to also be conscientious of those that you are around. So I don't want to sound like we're these savages that are like, Ooh, it sucks that you don't have soap, can't come. That's not it. You just have to be conscientious of those that are around you. And as a shop owner, I have to not only be conscientious of what you're going through, but for everyone else that's sitting down at that table, which is why these are things you have to think about and talk about. We've had one or two customers come in that like can seriously stink out the entire shop where Yo. we like for the next hour, we're deodorizing the shop off of one of two customers. It be the middle customers. of winter and we got the door open. Yeah. And that's something. And, I mean. But. We do that because those people are coming back anyway because they love the hobby and they come in and we don't judge them. Right. And maybe maybe we should man up and say, hey, man, here's some Axe spray. Spray this all over you real quick. But at the it end of the day, it, yeah, but at the end no, of the day, you yeah, but you know what I mean? Like, it, you don't want to be mean either. Yeah. You don't want to There's hurt, that delicate you don't break balance. them because, you know, and you don't want to back. Nine out of ten times when those people come in, there's other customers in the shop, and the only way to address it would be to humiliate them, and that's not something that I'm never going to tolerate ever. in my shop. None of my staff would ever do it because they feel the same no, way as us. you take someone aside and be like, hey, man. But you can't do it when there's customers. No. So I suspect that at one point or another, we'll be able to have this one person come in and be like, hey, man. If, if you need me to buy you deodorant, I'll pay for it. But right. you, you got to deodorize. I can I get can you a punch card at the, yeah. the, the shower place, the, the laundromat yeah. shower place yeah. or something, you know, like. But that is a consequence of gaming. Like uh, we've truly. seen, I watched a video on, uh, uh, it was a, a Facebook ad and then there was a YouTube uh, uh, story where they were following this guy who opened up a gaming shop at it was in Northern California, 
And my man legit has showers available at the place. And he has signs that say, man, you have got to, you have got to clean Especially yourself. Especially with the heat in California. Could yeah. you imagine? Whoa. Yeah. And they have strict rules. But I get it because uh, for my parents that are listening to this, if you've ever gone into a GameStop if in the summer. If you've ever gone into your teenager's room. If you, yeah. So imagine GameStop <laughs> in the summer, AC's barely working in the shop. And it's a major release day. You're going to walk in. The hardcore gamers and the hardcore collectors are going to stay in line. Mom and dad, who have the same amount of money, if not more, available to them and are prepared to spend that money, they're leaving. Yep. They're just going to take their chances at Target or Walmart because they don't have to be in that confined space absorbing teen spirit. Yep. So... Uh, those are the risks with gaming. And and again, these are <laughs> not things not. that you would probably think about, no. you know, as you're thinking about opening one of these. So then mm-hmm. when we talk about, you know, the difference between, and it's not to say that everyone, it doesn't matter what, what genre we're talking about, whether it be comics or uh, cards or rodeo, you're going to run into that in any, in any demographic. That's a good point. Actually. You're really going to run right. into it you're in right. any demographic, but it's something that you need to be conscientious of, especially in a closed space environment and things like that. These are things that you have to be prepared for, for the one person coming up to you can play and be like, man, I want to stay here, but this dude, like you got to figure out how to do that. And if you are not comfortable with confrontation, if you're not comfortable with having those conversations with people, things like that, then that is not an, an area that you need to go down because those are things you're going to have to do. The other thing is you're going to have to make some sacrifices on inventory versus yeah space, display space. Um, your shop must be, irregardless of its size, whether you have 800 square feet or 8,000 8, square feet. It must be designed in a manner where everyone of every demographic and every physical challenge can enter the shop and have a pleasant and mm-hmm. safe experience in your shop. You have to have aisles that are wide enough where a female client or a mom with a kid. A mom with a kid or anyone who is conscientious about their personal, personal space, space can bend over, look at your back issue bins, and not worry about someone rubbing up against them as they're going by your tight-ass aisles to and we, get to we other ran products. into that multiple times when we've gone to shops in multiple states all over. And there was one shop in particular that we went to. And I'm obviously not going to say any of the names or anything. I was in an aisle looking at books. And a guy started walking my way like he was going to go behind me. And I was like, nope. And I just left the aisle because there was no way that he wasn't going to get by me without the chances of me maybe getting pregnant. And I was not going to mess with that. <laughs> like, that's how close it was. Because I, And I'm not a large person anymore. So, I mean, that's that's saying quite a bit. Like, I couldn't even hardly fit in these aisles, let alone two people. And you're going to have people trying to... No, that's, that's just... If I was, as a mother, as, as a stepmom, as a grandma, I would not allow my grandchildren or anyone around an area where someone could be brushing up against them. And I don't mean that they mean it nefariously, that it just, 
in this environment, in the world that we're in, I'm not going to take that risk. I am not going to allow my kids or my grandkids to be in that situation, which is why it was imperative when we opened the shop. I had to kind of put my foot down a couple of times and I said, I don't care that you want another rack of books up here. It's not, it, I'm not compromising the space. It has to be well lit. You have to have plenty of room to walk around. You have to make sure that your customers, all of them feel safe because your comic collectors are going to show up anyway. It don't matter. You could literally line the, f- the floor with cat litter and people are going to show up that are very serious into it. But I want the mom to come in. I want... I want the aunt whose kid who just went to their favorite aunt and said, take me shopping. You know, well, those see, things. you have to remember that um, when, you're, when your shop is not keeping everyone in mind, once again, if we would have built the shop and I would have thrown toilet paper all over the floor and left empty uh, pizza boxes all Garbage over the the shop had a cat walking around pissing on everything the hardcore collector still would have come to the shop and they still would have made purchases because that's what they do but that is only a small percentage of your customers a mass you need to remember that you need to have a shop that is healthy is a health a business that's going to attract new customers, new generations of customers that are going to want to jump into the hobby for the first time and are going to want to introduce their family members into the hobby for the first time. That new movie that came out that just brought a bunch of people in, that new TV you show. You have to have a shop that caters to that is welcome that is welcoming how about yeah, that it's that, just welcoming. That welcomes everybody and i think that was the point i was trying to make and i mean yeah, because i think catering catering is not the right word it's not the right word it has to be welcoming where everybody wants to come into that shop because it's a clean well-lit shop which by the way for those of you that are like my god i'm gonna get slaughtered on ac and all this other stuff one of the ways that we were able to mitigate that is by having your fluorescent lamps replaced with LED fluorescence, or the LED lights. Yep. The LED produce little to no minimal. heat whatsoever. Minimal. I don't know that they produce any heat. I think it's like it's so minimal that it's not even you can hardly register. Yeah, it. they don't produce any heat. So they last longer. They last longer. They're brighter. They do a better job. And that you save money on your electric bill. It's a win, a hundred percent. Granted, you have to put up more money initially to buy them. But you'll it is a purchase money. that is so worth it. You, you'll save your money. Very very rarely will I say this is something that you should go spend the more money on, but this is something you definitely should. If you have drop lighting at your shop, or if you have the the uh, fluorescent bulb lighting at your shop right now, if you just touch the, uh, uh, the transformer portion of that light, you will immediately feel the heat coming off of that. In some cases, you won't be able to touch it. You'll burn yourself. Right. That is heat that is eliminated with the LED uh, light fixtures because that that whole uh, transformer portion that's inside the uh, uh, fluorescent lighting is completely removed when they do them. Because you you don't have to replace all the lighting; you just replace the. It's a little kit that you're essentially you're removing the uh, uh, that little transformer and you're replacing the receptacles there for your right. uh, for your fluorescent lighting. It's anyway. it's actually a lot simpler than uh, you would think. Uh, obviously, you should have an electrician fans, do it. But fans are the, a good the, thing. The, yeah, you know. the, the, yeah. The the bottom line is that well, uh, good lighting, a ceiling fan, 
if if you can get one into your shop, uh, m- making sure it's welcome environment, and you got to have something that attracts people coming in. You got to have your key wall. You got to have your uh, your display kids cases. Rack, you got to have your back ki- issue bin. kids section is major. Our hundred percent sales where I can say every book in that section is going to sell is always our kids section. Yep. And a lot of shops don't even know what a kids section would look like because they're catering to one small demographic. And now I understand like in the lower 48, you have a comic book shop on every corner. So it's even more important that you stick out and be better. In our case, there's only three shops up here. In the whole state. In the whole state. But the closest I one act is as on if, hour from us. I act as if there's a shop right next door and I compete as if there's a shop next door. So I am constantly pushing our staff to do better. Yeah. So now okay. exposure. Exposure and networking. So exposure. If you're not comfortable on social media, you better get comfortable on social media. Look at what we're doing right now. Yeah. If you're not comfortable you with this to. stuff, and it took, and you, you may, you're not going to be great in the beginning. Let me just tell you that right now, you're no. going to have horrible shows sometimes. You're going to have horrible ads, and you're going to have ones that are just flops. And you know what? When you look back on those, that the best thing that I love about those is when I can go, look at how far we've come. Look at all the things that we've learned how to do now. Look at all the things that we do now that we didn't do back then. And you have to just go in knowing that take the risk. Do it. Try it. Instagram will probably be your best bang for the buck right now. Yeah. I would say Instagram. Instagram, 100%. YouTube helps us. Um, we have met lifelong friends on YouTube. Yes. Um, that the exposure that that, have, that has given yeah. us has been second to none. We yeah. have met people from all over the U.S. because of YouTube. Yeah, we we are uh, we that are, networking is is priceless because not only not only did those bring us friendships that are lifelong friendships, those friendships a friend of a friend brought us a networking to something else to something else that those are critical. YouTube is in the top three most used search engines on the planet. Yeah. How to, how to, YouTube. It's the first thing I do is go to yeah. YouTube. How do I do YouTube this? YouTube is in the top three. Uh, it rivals Google. Yeah, Google, uh, YouTube, for search. and Pinterest. So, yes. Those are the top three. The top three. So you have, uh, uh, some would say LinkedIn. Yeah. Not yet. I think LinkedIn is working its way up. Uh, Only because Deadpool. Well, I think, yeah, uh, I think the big thing with LinkedIn uh, that people are shying away from is that in order to get, like, your uh, statistical information, you have to pay for it, and people don't like that. So that pay-to-play in LinkedIn, why would you pay when you can get the same uh, powerful information from Instagram from uh, 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 YouTube, Facebook. I would say that Facebook is your older uh, generation right now. It's still critical that you it's have great it for events, though. Put uh, out that yeah, event events, info. yeah, event info. Facebook. Remember, Facebook owns Instagram. Instagram is just a different format. Yeah. So Instagram 
and Facebook go hand in hand. And what's good is that if you link them, if you link your accounts, as you should anyway, when you post on Instagram, it'll auto post on Facebook and vice versa. Great deal. The only time that doesn't work with videos, there's workarounds, but nonetheless, Facebook is great for Facebook Live. We use Ecamm, for instance, with what we're doing right now. So Ecamm will uh, transmit or will stream on, for us, in our case, we have Twitch, YouTube, and Facebook Live. It'll um, it'll stream on all three yeah, platforms simultaneously. All, yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, simultaneously. You can do that with StreamYard, a couple of other companies as well. If you're interested in Ecamm, Ecamm, we love it because you can actually uh, stream in 4K if you want. As a matter of fact, this camera we're using right now is 4K. So uh, you can um, use our link in the description and find out more information you can actually get a discount right now same with the music that we use from epidemic sound you can get a discount on that but anyway back to exposure 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 social media is key tiktok uh we do a lot of skit videos that's what made us very popular on on social media a parodies a lot of parodies we don't take you, ourselves seriously you have to do whatever whatever gets you positive exposure in your community you need to be doing that and you most certainly need to have a presence on instagram tiktok uh, i think twitter media. is going to make a comeback at one point now that it's a uh, uh they're steering away from more of the toxic stuff we'll see yeah but uh, I cannot say how disappointed I am when I see comic shops that don't even have a profile photo, let alone an actual profile on Instagram. You got Or have it, your stuff updated on Google yeah. so that when s- someone searches for a comic shop in the area they're mm-hmm. in, you should come up with your at least your number and your address and your right. date, the, the times and days that you're open. I mean, at a minimum... Mm-hmm. If you're not going to do social media, at least have that. You have to be, people have to be able to find you. If you have multiple uh, platforms, let's say podcasts, everything, and you don't want to invest in a website, like we have our website, you know, our Aegis Comics of Alaska website, but if uh, you want a more bargain basement type of landing page, I would recommend Linktree. We have our Linktree and our Instagram. It it's essentially a landing so user page. friendly. It a lot. It's very customizable. It's a small fee every month, and uh, you it's you'll spend it. more on coffee than you will on Linktree, and you'll get you'll get your return on investment. That way, you're not constantly having to update your links. Yeah. In uh, Instagram and in your bio, it's one link. They click it. It takes them to the landing page, which then takes them to whatever they're looking for, whether it be your web store, whether it be your Patreon, whether it be your YouTube channel, so on and so forth. It's just one click, and you don't have to sit there every day updating the links, and that's critical. Podcast, if you don't feel comfortable on video... You don't have to do it on video. Do podcast. Just do audio. What we're doing right now... uh, Granted, we are doing video, but we're taking the audio from this and we're multi-purposing and we're throwing it out on a podcast. However, yeah. if you don't feel comfortable on camera, do Just a do podcast. Audio. Just, Just do, do audio. audio. Get the word out so that people know what's going on at your shop and people know what the next deal is. Know that, for instance, 
right now that Merc uh, that Merc Comics Meow their pilot ship the Miss Meow book is fire right now. This book is available at the shop. That was just one of those shameless plugs, but we love the cover B because it has kind of the uh, Spartan uh, feel. The helmet. It has our logo essentially. That helmet there. That that helmet and uh, right. uh, we're also uh, uh, with enough likes, uh, we're gonna have Amy dress up like this for the next cosplay. So wait, what? <laughs> Anyway, so exposure. Exposure is big. So, and then there's, I think there's one other thing to point out. And I think, especially coming from um, not just the networking and just with exposure and and your networking and all of this stuff, um, you need to set goals that you want to hit, but you also need to be realistic. No, you don't have to go live every single day. Yes, you want to be consistent and you want to make sure that you're putting out consistent content, but life also has to happen. You can't, and then you, I, I don't know how to explain it better, but make sure you're not putting something out just to put it out mm-hmm. because then it's going to suck. Make sure that the stuff you're putting out has good content to it. And if you need to just take a step back and take a hot breath for a second so that you can revamp your creative mind on how you want to do things do that because there's nothing worse than just putting out boring stuff that no one's going to watch anyway so i I know there's something to be said about putting out 15 posts a day and blah blah, 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 all that gorilla posting or whatever you called it but at the same time it has to be good stuff well i i would say I agree with the majority of what you're saying, in, in particular with uh, YouTube and podcasts. Um, you should have some heart in it. You're going to put some lemons out, and that's okay to take that risk. But you should have your heart in it when you do it. Don't do not do it where you feel forced. I've put out videos where I, I felt like I was forced. Man, I have to get this out. I'm going to lose out on the algorithm. And then it turns out to be a lemon. And, and the audience can feel it. They can feel the the wear and tear on it and stuff so mm-hmm. you gotta be wary of that you know sith lordly i love him to death and i love the fact that he's man enough to take a break when he needs to take a break he has one of the most popular shows on youtube with uh spine ticks and when he needs to take a break he just takes a break and people respect them for it and they're they're ready uh for the next time he comes back yeah. on they understand that we're humans and we need to take three a break. men in a basement all of three them have families the, yeah they family all have families stuff happens. now i will say for those of you that are listening on, for instance, Instagram, Instagram is one of those things where you need to be posting a minimum of once a day recommendation is three times a day. That is a lot easier than you would think. Just simply taking a book. Oh, yeah. Like pictures. It, like the pictures the of pictures, books and stuff. Take yeah, a picture that, of the book. That stuff. And yeah. Post it. You can post that every day. I'm not talking. She's absolutely right. Trying to do videos every day, I think you're going to burn out. You, you will. Do. Actually, you, you do. will burn You will burn out. But taking a picture each day, inviting people into the shop, taking a picture of your shop. New One book of this the week. coolest uh, Instagram pages that I follow is, uh, I think it's uh, Gotham Comics. They're a comic book shop that's like in this little house that they converted. And I love watching their stuff because they're just they're just posting pictures of their, you know, maybe the I think they have like a shop dog or a shop cat in there and you know, uh the the manager and owner just chilling out there, showing off something new that they have. 
I love I love that. I think it's Gotham City Comics, I think is what they're called. And I love that I feel like I'm a part of their shop so that I am prepared when we finally go and visit their shop. I feel like I've already been in their shop already. Well, That's think, the experience that you're trying to create. Yeah, and I think Moonlit also does a really good job of that. She doesn't reinvent the wheel. She takes pictures of not only the outside of the book, she does the inside of the book. And she profiles that. And she now, she just made it to 4,000 followers. She's only been doing this a couple of months. Right. Because she's taking those pictures. And again, and, and don't get it twisted, I... I, I was talking about videos, per se. Like, taking a picture of the book every day, come up with something. Come up with your, your pick of the week and make sure that you're always doing that on Wednesdays. So, you know, come up with this is the book that we're going to showcase today. On on Friday, we do Kids Book Day or, you know, something that that way you always have something in mind. That way you're not trying to like, oh, what am I going to do? If you come up with like two or three things that you know you're going to consistently do on Tuesday, Wednesday, Friday then you don't have to come up with new stuff. And it just helps you, you know, be able to, to knock those out and you're able to make those postings. And you'll see a return on investment. When Kevin posts a picture for a new addition to our, our key our key wall, we typically get DMs and phone calls within minutes Especially of the post. Especially if it's depending on the book, man. We'll we'll have yeah. people call our personal phones mm. who will text us, who will message us, everything. They will drive, stop what they're doing and drive out to the shop so they can be first because we're putting those pictures. And again, all it is is a picture with a little write-up, a couple of hashtags. Done. Easy you know? peasy. And that exposure, exposure. Is, is critical if you're going to be on social media, which you should be because it's free. Um, you know, and, and you can really get your name out there. People will start to, oh, they click that like, it starts showing up. It's a, it's just a win-win for everybody. So now moving on to the next topic is staff. Yeah. This is critical, man. If you pick an introvert that's just going to sit behind the register and hide behind their phone, you're, you're paying them for nothing. I don't you're, give a damn how money. good I don't give a damn how good they are at sweeping or at uh, bagging and boarding. That person's not making you any money. Mm-mm. They're not making you any money because they're not making any sales. No, and you have to. I think the big thing is well, you can't save everybody, and I no. know that that was something that for for I know just because of our backgrounds and our previous life, that's what we tend to want to do. But in this job, if you don't recognize right away. It, it's just like the the um, the example that you always give, the bucket of crabs. Crabs are always going to grab one and pull. If someone tries to get out, they're going to pull one down. If you have a bad apple, I always use the bad apple as an example. If you have one bad apple in your bowl of apples, all your other apples are going to go bad because one person can bring the rest of everyone down. And that happens. I don't care where you are. I don't care what kind of job it is. None of that. That is going to happen. And so it's imperative that you recognize that immediately and you deal with it. There is a saying in business. It is hire fast, fire faster, praise and promote fastest. And there's a reason for that. You all have seen, you've all have been in a workplace where they don't correct the bad behavior and all the good people start leaving because they're like i am not working in this environment case in point you have this guy at your shop working 
using the term work lightly, the person doesn't put in any effort whatsoever. You have your other high-speed person that comes in, does everything you want them to do, the marketing, greeting customers, selling the experience, because that's their job. Is the, You're selling an experience to your customers. They're doing all these things, and they realize that every time they come in after this one slug, they're essentially working double because they're, they're now having to it. clean up everything that this guy didn't do. Yep. They're having to patch up relationships with customers that this person's already burned or chased away because of their introvert nature and not wanting to engage with customers and answer questions and help customers find items that uh, uh, would otherwise not be sold. And then that person leaves. And now what ends up happening You go the next five years, your business is struggling, and the only person you have is that loyal introvert that has who caused your situation in the first place. Yep. Or maybe you're that introvert. Maybe we're talking to you, and you're that person. You have an obligation to your business. Maybe you need to fire yourself. Maybe you need to just turn over the business to someone else. This business, the comic book niche is a community niche. It doesn't mean that you give away the farm, but it does mean that you are providing a safe and happy experience to your community. You are answering the question, why should they come to your shop? If you don't know or you don't have an answer to why they should come to your shop versus any other shop, you're you're already losing and you're probably going to go out of business really quick. And now, there's other things that can bring a, a business to its knees, but a bad staff that provides bad experience will 100% capsize your business. Yeah, and you you have to, and I think the biggest thing too is praising fastest. The return that you get on that is second to none. When you empower your employees when you show them the the effect that they're having, the difference that they're making, the job that they're doing and how it is affecting your business, it's insane. It's just absolutely worth it. And if you're not doing it, you need to be. Stop what you're doing and find a way to start doing it. Because I know I try to at least weekly thank our staff just in the group text that we have. Thank you guys so much for everything that you do. Without you guys, we would be lost, yada, 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 because it's true. It's just 100% true. And that's, I think, something that you need to make sure and that you empower doing. your staff, empower them. The give more decision making ability, when they prove that the, the decisions that you give them, that they're making good decisions, continue to do that. And you will see growth and you will see people take off in ways that you had no idea. And it is so worth it. And there's a lot of ways of compensating your employees. You may not be able to give them a pay raise, but maybe you can provide them with a cell phone since you're calling them all the time or you're texting them or you're asking them to create content. And uh, they can't really create content with a cell phone duct tape together. So this is a good business expense. It's a person that you can trust with such a thing. Get them a phone. Yeah. Invest Invest in your staff and they will in turn invest back in you. Um, and always look in the mirror each day and ask yourself, am I the asshole or are they the assholes? Nine out of 10 times, you're the asshole. 
and you need to reflect and grade yourself before you grade somebody else. And that's some more comic terminology there, but it's true. And our last topic, and I'm going to be brief on this because it's it's got it, it's very short and sweet to the point, but it is the best thing ever created, and it is the worst thing at the same time is the pull list. The pull list. I'm going to start with the negative and end on the positive. The pull list is a agreement, a an agreement of honor between you and the customer that they promise to pay for what they order and you promise to get them what they ordered Mm -hmm. in the best condition that you can find it for them within your control and within within your reason within reason the pull list will destroy your shop if not managed aggressively we have a policy at 30 days if you don't pick up your pull list it's gone if you don't communicate we no with choice. us, we're sorry. It's out. Because we can't take that hit because yeah. we buy those books up front. That is the curse of this niche versus any other. Yeah, it's not consignment. Yeah, it's Wal- not. Yeah, Walmart we can do consignment. Them, yeah. We can't do consignment. Yeah, that's not that's not how this works. So we have to be able to, we have to have limits. And again, being reasonable, things happen. Something, you know, you give people... You, you know the ones that, that you will, can give, latitude, you can give to. latitude to. There's other ones who will fill up a whole entire short box worth of books. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, I'm going to come get them. I'm going to come get them. And then they just don't. Now, you'll have some argue. Well, you should hold a credit card on record. In many states, that's illegal. Yep. So you can't do that. Not to mention the, the liability. liability. We don't do it because if your credit card is stolen, that's on us and my insurance, our insurance at the shop. Why? No. Yeah. We are going to continue, unfortunately, in some cases, to take some hits because things do happen. But the hope is that when you do a pull list, that it is a, it, it, it is an honor system. It truly yeah. is. You, you promise to pick up the books that you order, and I promise to get them to you. That you police yourself as to what you can afford compared yeah. to what you want. And and that's where that previews pull list was extremely dangerous because guys would let their eyes be bigger than their stomachs, and they would order some astronomical number of books, not thinking Oh my God, I can't afford that. Not to mention, they wouldn't pay attention that certain covers were ratios. And then they would be all like, well, how come you can't give me that one in 50? Well, because I don't need 50 copies of this one book. Don't even get me started on ratios. I will say this really quickly. Do not put yourself in a position where you have a bunch of books that you're not going to sell for a ratio unless that customer is willing to pay for that. You'll know for my ratio customer for the ratio people that are listening that are going to be opening up a shop you're going to know certain titles 100% I can sell 10 of that yep get the one in 10 100% I can sell 25 copies of that book get the one in 25 
When you start hitting 50 and 100, that's when you need to start doing the gut check. Uh, maybe you split it with the customer where you tell them, all right, I know you want the one in 50. I know I can only sell 25. I need you to pay me 20 for tw- the 25 other books, but I'll give them to you at wholesale. Mm-hmm. And now the risk is mitigated. You split it with the customer. The customer's happy. You're happy. And you haven't lost your ass. You'll know when to do that. You'll know when not to do that. Yeah. But when you start hitting the one in 500s and everything, remember, ratios. If you're getting a one in 500, that means that you purchase 500 of that title to qualify to get the one in 500. That is what they call a ratio. That is the definition of a ratio variant. So remember that when you jump into that yeah. game, that game will hurt you. And that's with that with being pull said, yeah. the pull list is the heart and soul of a comic book shop because the pull list under the agreement of an honor system is books that you are guaranteed to sell. So because of the pull list, you know how many books to order, which will make your final order cutoff orders, your initial order cutoff orders, much easier the process so that when you're making that order for penguin or lunar and pay attention to your you final order know. cutoff you, you know. will know and you will and then that'll help you'll be able to see the trend oh you know what three more people put this book on their pull list you know what maybe i should grab a couple extra copy or two to have on the rack because it seems like it's an up-and-coming title it helps you see the trends don't which... make the mistake of getting 10 or 11 extra though Two or three. Yeah. Two or three. And the, if people miss out, they miss out. There's some books like, I went heavy on Fortnite today, but I know people love that Fortnite. We sold out. The book's gone. Yeah. It's completely gone. And I and I ordered more than I would normally order, and I ordered well above the pull list uh, uh, orders yeah. for that because I knew it was going to sell. I just knew. You'll know because of previous sales yep. of that type of book. But then there's other books, these obscure books, you have no idea. You better be careful. And there'll be some random, you know, there'll be some random release. Someone leaked something and now all of a sudden this random title is, is don't kill yourself buying 50 of some maybe. Mm -hmm. Get a couple. You know what? A couple, selling a couple is a lot better than having a lot left on your racks that you can't sell. I'll tell you that right now. And I I caution you about pricing books based off a speculation that just came out. You're gonna you're gonna set yourself up for a uh, for a a bad rep. People will forgive you the first time, maybe the second time. We've done it one time. We did it one time, and we never did it again. And And that uh, one time, I still don't feel bad about it because it was it was such a, a an obscure thing. But we sell our books for cover price. Yeah. Um, now, now a, a couple of weeks after you already yeah. had your chance, of course. We, uh, yeah, uh, that's fair. That that book is but still the, running a hundred bucks. Week, okay, but the week of release. No, come on now, because you don't even know. Uh, you're gonna feel really bad if you're an antisocial person that just likes getting over on people. Then you're not gonna listen to what I'm gonna tell you right now, and it's okay to tune me out. But if you care about people. Just know that when you care about people, that doesn't make you a sucker. Eventually, karma will make its way around and you'll make your money. I promise. But just remember, there's always that chance that that book 
that Lords of the Long Box, who we love, by the way, uh, Cover Prize, Key Collector, that book that they're speculating on today may tank next week because the publisher or the writer releases something that contradicts what the speculators were reporting. Or the people involved have a scandal. Or and it tanks the value of the book. And now all of you these just things can happen. sold the book to a guy on the day of release for a well above market value. And now that customer who was loyal to you just took a massive hit. They're going to remember that the next time. Mm -hmm. They may not even come back to you. Have those conversations with your customers, too. I would say that your conscience is clear the next week. Yeah. You know, if I had any of those Batman Beyond the White Knights left over the following week, both my customers and my conscience would be clear that... You guys had all of last, the first week when all the hype was out, that it was and the it first was appearance of the Disney Robin. It was sitting price. on the rack yeah. for cover price. You had your opportunity to purchase it for seven days. Which leads me into the final topic as we wrap this show up is remember, guys, with the pull list, the reason that it's so critical that everyone do their part, books in this industry tend to have a shelf value of approximately seven to ten days after that the book plummets in value if it's a non-key it plummets in value a book that was selling for 4.99 after 10 days kevin and i have to start considering lowering the price of the book dropping it by 10%, then by 20%, then by 50%, and then eventually we lose and we have to sell the book for a dollar. Yep. That happens all the time in the industry. There's a lot of uh, shops that don't have back issue bins, but they do have dollar bins, and their dollar bins are built from books that came out in the last year that didn't, that sell. didn't sell. Yeah. So that's going to happen. You need to be prepared for that. And when you make your ordering, when you make these agreements with your customers, it goes both ways. Books tend to have a shelf life in value of approximately 10 days, the new books. Your back issue bins is what will float your shop, if that is something that uh, your community I supports. To. Uh, I will tell you that I have seen where there are some college towns, for instance, where people don't sell back issues. They only sell uh, uh New books, like in a mall. Uh, yeah, or like, uh, or trades. Trade. trade right. So I can tell you that one of our top sellers on base is trades. I don't know that back issues would sell on base yet because I don't have the room for it on yeah. base because you have to have room for back issues. But at our shop in Wasilla, uh, our biggest seller, uh, hands down, is our back issue bins. And yep. uh, we can see that through the reporting from a point of sale system. So again, a point of sale system. So as we summarize, you only you really know why or why not to open up a comic book shop. We've over the last two and a half years of our YouTube channel, we have shared the ups and downs of our shop. Uh, we've shed tears on on the channel. We've also shed a lot of laughs on the channel. We do have our ups and downs. The money you should come in with some type of capital from the get go. Whether yep. you get pre-approved for grants, minority loans. Uh, 
small business uh, small loans. business loans whatever you can get try not to use your own money if at all possible um, I'm not big on partnerships uh, because I think that uh, partnerships tend to uh, create problems create problems uh, especially going into business with friends and and sometimes family you know yeah. I, I, you know my wife and I uh, we've had some heated debates, but we adore each other so much and we respect each other so much that it's it makes it easy. But then again, my wife has a reprieve from all this too. You know, yeah. she she has her other career and uh, uh, <clears throat> it makes it easier. With that being said, you know, we tell you your spouse and partner or partner is critical that they be on board with this. They don't have to know things about comic books. They don't have they to just, know anything. They just have to be supportive to of support this. support you and yes. support what you are doing. You don't have to love comics. Just don't hate it. Don't always be a Debbie Downer every time that they talk mm. about it. You know, you have to be willing to be like, okay, talk to me about whatever happened today. Location is get the location. Start off with the location that you can afford. Yes. People will find you They'll as long as you. you're putting your information out there. Yeah. But make sure you're findable. Don't be in some random non GPS locating place. Yeah. You have to. They have to be able to find you. Yes. Your location. You can always upgrade. Just remember that you're going to lose some customers when you, you relocate. Yeah. If you move drastically. We, no, honey. We moved from upstairs to downstairs and lost. A couple of customers that they're programmed they went to the upstairs location which was on the opposite side of the building they had neither the energy nor the focus to go downstairs walk across all the storefronts and find our new location i have been there you go to find you go into your favorite shop you see a sign you're on limited time and you have no you don't have the energy or the time on your watch to go and actually hunt and find out the new location. It may take up to, our our friends' attorneys have told us that it could take up to three years to get all your old clientele back once you move. So keep that in mind. If you can afford the premium location, get it. However, get the location that you can afford. Otherwise, the people will come. Would you agree? Yeah, yeah. Finally, your inventory, uh, from your back issues to your personal collection, that is something that you can control. You need to always be available to purchase collections. I would not purchase individual books, uh, nope. hardly ever, if ever. You should only be purchasing large collections. Uh, and your suppliers, by the grace of God, a positive came out of a negative. COVID brought us multiple distributors there is now competition yes there is hope that diamond could improve one day that ship has sailed for us we will never deal with them again. i'll pray for them we'll pray for them but we will never deal but also with them say again. bless your heart and y'all know what that yeah means. <laughs> so we uh we are lunar penguin and anybody else but diamond however uh you may choose diamond because diamond if you go to diamond let me not crap on them completely if you go to diamond right now they still have the option of selling all of the books. I think they can get I think they can get DC from Lunar. I forget how they do that. No. Maybe they can't. I don't know. I don't know. I could be wrong on that actually. But uh 
I know that they can still sell marble. So if you want to do a one-stop shop, you could do that. I suggest that you spread out among multiple distributors so that you can get the best bargain that works best for your business. You'll know your community. Exposure, we beat to death. Staff is critical. Pull list is only as good as the the way you manage it and the way you communicate with your customers. We communicate with our customers regularly on social media and in person. About the condition of pull list, which has worked to our benefit because when we post that new stack of books that have been getting of an abandoned pull box, we will suddenly get a stream of people coming in. They're not mean people. It, it like just happens, wasn't on they the. They forgot. They forgot. And then they come in. It's a great reminder, which is why your social media presence has to be. It's pretty critical. It, it's critical. You're, 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 you should if be putting as much media, effort on social media. Out as you do in your actual shop. Yeah. So, guys, thank you so much. We know that you have your choice in videos, but yet you chose to sit here for over an hour and watch this. Uh, This is the conclusion. This is part two. The conclusion of part two. Of how to start a comic book shop in 2022. Or what we learned. And what we learned. Our lessons learned. Yeah. Uh, We will have more content out and uh, just letting you guys know that we are going to be returning. We've said it multiple times, but uh, we are now we now have the time to do so. We're going to be returning to our comedic roots with the shop and yes. with our content. And stand by for the laughs. And uh, we're sticking with the theme of uh, uh, Attack of the Comic Shop. So Dirty get stuff. ready. Yeah, It'll be good stuff. Thank you guys, and we appreciate you. you. Love you, mean it. You just listened to the Aegis Comics of Alaska's podcast. Don't forget, new episodes drop every week. For more info about Alaska's comic book shop, visit www.aegiscomicsalaska.com.